I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Took this walk to his mind. Find out what's snowing at me. Didn't think to look at me. Hello and welcome to Stalking Time with the Moon Boys. With me, David Badil, and my co-host. I was hoping you say your name. Oh, <laughs> you know my name. You've I, I sort of thought you'd come. I thought it'd be great instead of me <laughs> saying it for you to say it. I thought you'd understand that. It's just good to hear me say my name. It's yeah. Tim Hinks. It's Tim hey, Hinks. David. Hello, Tim. Um, now, that was a conversation piece by David Bowie. Uh, it's a song that uh, he released in 1969, I think, is the B-side of The Prettiest Star. I think, is that right? Wow. It's 1969 too early for The Prettiest Star, but it was definitely the B-side yeah, yeah. of The Prettiest Star. Um, and that is not the version that is on the B-side of The Prettiest Star. It is the version that he recorded for Toy, his unreleased album for 2001, where Mm. he did quite a few of his old, obscure songs, Shadow Mm. Man and a few others. Let Uh, Me Sleep Beside You, I think he did, aren't Yeah. yeah. It's a really great album, I think, Mm. Toy. Uh, And the main reason I'm playing it is that we are now... Well, we're not, actually. I'm going to tell you the truth, because we're not. This is going out after Desert Island Discs, but we're recording it before Desert Island Discs. And I I need to make that clear to you because we are men of truth. And Mm. so, uh, and also... Ultimately, if you want to describe what we are, when all's said and done, we're men of truth. We're men of truth. We're stalking time we're moon boys mm. but we're also we're moon boys of truth <laughs> uh, but so but we'll be you'll be listening to this uh, after this yeah, right. out. and that which tim did guess on the last podcast that we also well i just said it was one of the possibilities right? yeah, i don't but... think you would have guessed it if it's not the something you ha- i have to mention to you this is a great song it's an unknown not very well known very song. yeah no i definitely great. i you wouldn't would, have thought of it, it would otherwise. never have occurred to me yeah um and, but the, i mean i if you had listened to what I say on mm. Desert Island Disc, why is I chose it for a particular reason. I mean, to some extent, because it's the Bowie song that's in my head right now. I'd got really into it, and I like when they asked me, I thought that's the song that's in my right. head right now. But also, it represents a couple of things. I say all this on Desert Island Disc, but yeah. hey, no, this uh, is good. one is that I think one of the most extraordinary things about Bowie is that unlike every other artist of his uh, stature, <laughs> you can still find amazing and incredible mm. music that you didn't know about mm. like really late on like I didn't know yes. about this until about yeah, yeah, a year ago true. it was the first time I heard it mm. and that simply would never be the case with mm. any other great artist and he recorded it quite late this version and so I, this thing of like Bowie somehow still managing to be 
to do some great things yes. well past his time of great of great greatness I think is an amazing thing uh, it also uh, has a story which they I don't know if they would have included so if they didn't include it on Desert Island Days it would be quite mm. nice uh, which is that when he died uh, me and uh, Dolly my daughter who was at the time immensely obsessed with Bowie uh, and the rest of my family went down to Brixton to see right. uh, the mural of yeah. Bowie that's up there and on that mural and it's still there in Brixton if you go and see it on a wall next to a big department yes. store have you seen it? I have yeah Yeah. Uh, we went there to sort of pay our respects mm. and we noticed and this is very meat <laughs> for us because the thing that bothered me what do you think the thing that bothered me about what people had written next to the mural thinking about well, what we're like you, well, they probably wrote. Do you mean they wrote like Life on Mars? Well, they yeah, wrote things like "You're a Star Man," right? Okay, like, watching yes. us, you know, coming down from the sky, blah blah blah. Yeah, what, you know, oh David, you know, Life on Mars must be so amazing. It was, yeah. Yes. It was like endless references that you would expect. Route one, yeah. sort of quotes from Bowie, or yeah. whatever. And uh, and we talked for quite a long time, uh, me and Dolly, about what we might put up there. Uh, and I suggested a line from conversation piece, which is partly because it is next to a road that bit. And how, when you and say I said, "Hang on, yeah. <laughs> this is this is the moving bit," <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is which is the line. Let's hear some music. <laughs> which is the line? I can't see the road for the rain in my eyes. That's the line. Right. That's the line from conversation piece, yeah. uh, which I think is very sort of moving. But also, it's by a road. That thing in Brixton, and it felt yes. appropriate to me. And so, and also, at some level, yes, it's me saying I want to choose not an obvious line, yeah. not an obvious. But did, just sorry, just understand. You mean you did write that up there? Yeah, I think we did. How did you write it up there on, um, with, with a you know spray what? can? I'm not sure we did no. write it in the end. I think mm. I, I think on. I, I can't even remember because no. I was so upset. Whether we, I think mm. we might have started to try and write it with a biro <laughs> and it didn't work out, and we just ended up. But that's what we would have written. I'd say writing on a wall with a biro is the definition of hopelessness, isn't it? it that's is, never yeah. gonna. Although some lots of people had managed to write biro on a wall well, and different things with paint and crayon and God knows what else. Yeah, yeah, but not biro. You not can't biro. Write. I think I did. I only had a biro. No, it's not the main thought, point. But I hadn't it thought when I got there. Well, oh, we might have to choose a quote and write on it. Like, oh, let's find. A magic marker or whatever it no. was that's going to be perfect. Byron on a banana, different, oh, yeah. whole different category. Yeah, because they pleasing. didn't have a banana. No, well, that was well, stupid of them. <laughs> I wonder if they use all that, including the banana bit on Desert Islanders. But did you? Because um, the thing about being on Desert Islanders, sort of thought, is that how much you'd want to talk about the music. Yeah, and it's, obviously, it's not. It's a very. It's about your life, isn't it? And about, well, that's part of the problem yeah. with Desert Islanders. Not problem. It's an interesting thing. Challenge with Desert Islanders yeah. in that you want to put in the music you really love, but they want and I can understand it, and also partly you want, I guess, is to be able to have music that charts your life. Now, yeah. music that charts your life is not necessarily the music you really love. So no. uh, listeners who listen to that will know that I put in Three Lions. Right Now, Three Lions right. is not a song that I... Although I think it's a brilliant song, uh, it's probably not in my top 20 or even in my top 50 greatest songs of all time. Mm. But for me, the moment of Three Lions was one that I felt I wanted you know, to be able to memorialise, as yeah. it were... Uh, when I was, I was on that desert island. When I'm on that desert island thinking I'm on my own here, there's not even a monkey that's evolving into a human, I want to be able to think, oh, yeah, I had that brilliant yeah. thing at Wembley that happened. Yeah. I'll listen to Three Lions. That'll remind so me So Three Lions was 96, was it? Yeah. Just remind, yeah. Because I remember thinking about Three Lions at the time. It's it's funny to do a, an England song, you know, to, but I remember thinking how amazing that it's really good. Mm. Like, it's unusual. You know, it's actually really, really good song. Yeah. So that was written... Uh, by Ian Brody. By Ian Brody. Yeah. Did you write some of it? What, the lyrics. What you infer- yeah. The lyrics. But did you have any? But did you sort of say, "Oh, could it do a bit?" You know. Any, well, yeah. No, we had anything a, musical. Well, we, not really. Um, I mean, he. 
sent us a demo of him just going, I mean, just literally la la laing a melody that was the melody, right? And then we wrote the all the lyrics, and then there was a little bit of sort of you know would be shenanigans about okay, we'll have to slightly change it here or whatever to make it fit. But no, it was entirely me and Frank writing the lyrics, and the combination I think of you know the thing that we decided to do with that song, which is to make it a vulnerable song. Yes. A song about losing, really, yeah, but yeah, sort of yeah. hoping that things might be different this time yes. is what chimed with people. But the music is totally yes. brilliant as well. He he was he went through. You know, I've talked about this before about Brian Wilson saying that Elton John was tapped into the great source. Yes. But when Elton John played him Daniel and your song and Melody yeah. People are only tapped into the great source. Ian Brody was totally tapped into the yeah, great yeah. source at that point. I think there's no doubt about it. But one of the other things I was going to say about Desert let's Island hear some is, music. <laughs> that's what that's what she says, isn't it? Uh, uh, is, that the, is that the link? Oh, I see. That's what she says. So on Desert, she they always say. say well, they do that, and they always always say David. David Baddiel, she says. I can't do a sort of Rubik's Yes, to remind voice. people who she's talking to. Remind to remind people who you're talking yeah. to, yes. Yeah. Which often people don't do on the radio, and I often they're thinking, who the fuck is this when I'm in the car? She's very good, Kirsty, at reminding who you're talking to. Yeah. Uh, and she does say, let's hear some music. Uh, sometimes, I think, when you're, like, about to cry, she she decides... Really? Like, yeah. To you, yeah. Oh, I cried about four, I think, at least right. three times. Right, on, right. Yeah. Uh, but it was a two-hour record. But anyway, the other thing I want to say is we talked quite... Now we can talk openly. What was painful is missing people out. Uh, partly because of that thing of the need to, you know, chart your life as well yes. as just saying this is the music I like. Yeah. So uh, you will know now there's no Joni Mitchell, very painful, no okay. Tom Waits. Um, mm. You know, just awful, really. Uh, mm. Well, there was another song, which since you don't know, I'm going to ask you, but you might be able to guess it quite okay. quickly, which is Meaningful for Me and You. And actually, it's a subject we should talk about that we haven't talked about. I've been meaning to talk about the whole time we've been doing this podcast. Oh, it's not, not Bowie. It's not a Bowie song. It's, it's very meaningful for me and you. Uh, I think it's the other thing that... Is it a Beatles got, thing? Apart from... No, listen. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> it's the other thing that, that when we were starting to become friends, bound us together to some extent. Um, what could that be? Um... Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Perhaps you don't know, and that's quite sad. No, that's terrible. It's awful. (laughs) No, but I do. Obviously, I will know, but I might just need my brain to click into a slightly different way of thinking. Because we talked about a band, you mean? Yeah. Oh, Genesis. Right, right, right. Of course I put a Genesis. No, but I wouldn't think of that in the sense that... I think I was thinking of you a bit when I chose this particular track. So what is it? Okay, so I know what that is. But I should say that... When we did first talk about Genesis, I talked to you about it from the point of view of I've never want, liked them and I've had a big block Yeah, so them. this is why I, met, I brought it yeah. up. Because I was in the closet for a bit and then since then I've just been very, well, very mm. aggressively out of the closet. Mm. about being, Let me just play a bit of this song. This is the song. Yeah. And actually one reason why I want to play it is that I believe on Desert Artists, because I haven't heard it yet, is they don't play the opening, because it's quite a long song, this, and they have right. to cut it in sort of halfway through the song. But the opening, I think, very, very beautiful. This is called Madman Moon. So beautiful, and I chose that for a number of reasons. It is very beautiful. It absolutely evinces something I think about Genesis, mm. which is that all the other progressive rock bands that people still slag off, so incredible that still people slag off prog rock, most of them, I think, it's all about the instrumentation and about the virtuosity of the playing, and it's not about the melodies. But for Genesis, it is actually about the melodies, and you mm. can take away a lot of that virtuosity mm. and there'll still be beautiful songs. But the other reason I chose it is sort of a bit like we say about Bowie, trying to make a slightly aggressive point at some level, like, I'm not going to choose an obvious song. The Phil Collins part of Genesis is the less acceptable still yeah. part of Genesis. So if I'd chosen a Peter Gabriel song, a lot of, a lot of which I love, mm. I think that would have been easier to get away with. Mm. But I didn't want to do that uh, mm. because I think the two Phil Collins albums are amazing, Trick of the Day and A Wind of Wuthering. And so I chose that song, but it was also because of you. Well, I met that's lovely to know, and I do obviously. I now I'm fully engaged in yeah. our relation and what and how we talked about that Genesis thing. And I think I said to you when we first met that my friend Piers, actually, who we've mentioned before, who got he me was into in the Bowie. Band with you. Uh, no, he but I we, it was we the cemetery in the cemetery. Oh yeah, well that was more at his house with <laughs> a goose guitar and some Tupperware for yeah. drums. Yeah. If I'm honest. Um, uh, he, th- he then went into a band called Fixed Vision, right. who you may not have heard of, no. seeing as they were a school band. Yeah, um, never heard of them. No, um, which I was quite jealous of at the it's time. It's very eighties. Yeah, they were quite synth-based and new yeah. wave name for a band. Yeah. Fixed Vision. Yeah, Fixed Vision, and, and um, we, but we did play together. Well, we then played together, as you'll know, and then everyone listening to this will know in in a band called Businessmen on Bicycles. Yeah, everyone was, will know that. Yeah, yeah. So that's so we did play together eventually. Yeah, I should explain for people who haven't listened to every podcast. Piers is Tim's <laughs> mate who got into Bowie and who he was slightly in awe of in a yeah. possibly slightly homoerotic way because he had a pink I'm jacket. I'm going out with him tonight. Actually, yeah. oh, we're going to go and see car. We're going to see car seat headrest. A sort of slightly obscure indie band oh, wow. uh, who I got quite got into by listening to Spotify oh. that said, if you like this, you'll like that. And I ended up listening to them. We're going to see them at the Roundhouse Is he going tonight. to be wearing the pink jacket? I, in my mind, he's always wearing the pink jacket, <laughs> but I suspect not. It might not fit him. Let's just put no, it that way okay. right now. He's right. certainly enjoyed life. Let's let's put it that way. So uh, you were saying... So he, he, he got me into Bowie, but the other thing is he loved Genesis. And I remember just really reacting against Genesis, thinking mm. I don't want to be part of that scene or whatever it was yes. and in deliberately going more into Echo and the Bunny Men and mm. Indie World and, mm. and embracing that and I've had a thing about Genesis ever since which is just I can't 
like them. Yeah. It's like a blog. And then you said you sent me a list of a, a playlist, playlist of, of um, tracks, and I did indeed sort of basically buy into it. Well, and, you fell in love with this track, didn't you? De- and I fell in. And oddly, I'm now totally in love with that album that it's on, Trick which of the is Tale. Trick of the Tale. So I, when I go running at the weekend, I mm. listen to Trick of the, tra- the Tale. Yeah. I actually listen to it from start to finish, even Who the stupid assault robbery one. Oh, rob- yeah, it's uh, just, uh, robbery, assault, and battery. Yeah, I don't yeah. mind that in the way that I don't mind. Octopus's Garden on Abbey right. Road. You know, yeah. I just, it's part of the part joy of, of the it. sort of 70s stupidness right. of it. But yeah. for some reason, I can't get into any other of the albums. Yeah, I've tried and, this. Yeah, this is a sticking can't. point now, because I, I was immensely, immensely pleased. It's part of my sort of proselytising evangelical mm. nature with Genesis, is to make men like you, mm. it's mainly men, mm. uh, to be honest, although, you know, women as well, obviously, but it's mainly men, I would mm. say, who've got a big sticking point, mm. really about what you just said, which is a kind of, sense the prog rock of any kind and maybe particularly Genesis who are sort of airy fairy and very English or whatever represent a whole year zero clearing out of all that mm. stuff that happened mm. with punk and will never be cool and we can't possibly mm. even engage with them and then I was very pleased with that I said no 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 just listen to it and you'll realise it's beautiful music mm. but then you've stopped here which I think is odd because well, a couple there's of tracks... no question that there's a lot if, no, you, know, you mentioned see... if you like this you'll like this <laughs> about car seat headrest for fuck's sake so if you like a trick of yeah. No, you should definitely no, I get that. like. I absolutely get that intellectually, and it should make. But for example, when you then said, "Well, the thing," and you're not the only one. Like Piers, actually, I mm. said to him, "You know, you'll never believe." He couldn't believe that I'd been listening to it. He literally right. found it impossible to even imagine that I was. He said, was he a well, bit fucked off that he, your oldest friend, had been trying to <laughs> make you like Jess and some interloper yeah. you've known for two years. Yeah, who's come along in, and yeah. said, yeah. And he said... That's um, for you. He really. said, no, that's what I said to him. It didn't make it any better, but... Um, but he, he's, he said, like you did... Wind and Wuthering is what you want. Yeah. And I, what, what well, I would that's say, the nearest to Trick of the Okay, tale. so what I'd say about that is, one, that title is a problem. Yeah. That's a bad title. It is a bit of a problem. So I'm immediately slightly, but yeah. I'm thinking, OK. Can, I don't know if I can say this. Can I just say I'm going to yeah. say it anyway. Uh, which is that Morwenna had a friend, uh, my wife had a friend mm. uh, when she was young, who was a very, very big fan of Genesis. Right. But unfortunately, she had a lisp. And right. she was always saying, I really love Wind and Wuthering by Mike Wuthering. <laughs> That's not a lisp. No, it's a lazy art. Lazy art. Yeah, and so I think yeah. that sentence has always made me laugh. <laughs> I really like Window Wuthering by Mike Wuthering. I mean, she could have said Genesis. Yeah, but she always used to say by Mike well, Wuthering. You'd have thought if she, if she had a lisp, she wouldn't say Genesis. But she did, so she avoided yeah. saying Genesis, but she didn't have a lisp. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She went for the that's true. she went for the one that was yeah. a problem. So and then when I listened to Wind and Wuthering, yeah. and there's a I can't remember there's a couple of tracks which you know I I sort of get and like mm. uh, I can't remember what they're called, but but one for the vine, right? One for the vine. That's right. What I do is I listen to that and I think, oh, but any minute now he's going to sing Sister Studio or whatever. Right, you think it's got a bit Sister Studio? It's, it's very, in other words, it's just Phil Collins and. You see, no, that, I don't agree with that. I think, I think that's totally true mm. of them once they become yeah. the stadium band, once they're doing Invisible Touch yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It sort of feels more or less this is like yeah. Phil, Phil Collins when he became that, that thing. That, I don't think that's true of Wind and Wuthering. I think it's still totally an yes. art rock album um, and yeah. very beautiful and all the rest of it. I do well, also I, think, having said all this stuff, Go and fucking listen to Lamb Lies Down on mm. Broadway and Foxtrot mm. and Nursery mm. Crime, which are all unbelievably brilliant yes. uh, as well. Um, but well, there no, we go. I, 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 but so, so you had a Genesis, so you had the uh, Madman Moon. Madman Moon, um, yeah. Which I was very worried about while I was listening. They're like, oh, they can't hear the really beautiful bit because they're cutting it short, but there we go. Right. Uh, and then I had, uh, I had a song from Book of Mormon, which okay. I put in partly for comedy reasons. Yeah. I wanted something comedy. It's also a very beautiful song. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we go through all these. I got a song by The Sundays, who I've mentioned yeah, of a course. lot. Yeah. Uh, a beautiful song called Monochrome. Uh, mm. And then actually, well, let me ask you about this. I, I put in slightly too much, but it's very me to do this. 
that was sort of ultra personal. Okay. So again, yeah, I can imagine you did not that. not things that I would necessarily say. Oh, this is the best music ever, but stuff that means stuff to me. Okay. That includes two songs written by me. Okay. Right? Three lions, and I also put in. Uh, you know, and I say at the time, you know, it's it, embarrassing to do this, but I wrote a musical. It's amazing how many people on Desert Islands choose songs written by you. Actually, you're not the only one. You're not the only one yeah, to yeah. double down on the Badil oh, written songs. So. Yeah. yeah, no, there was a, a song called "Love Will Find a Way," which was in the Infidel musical, and there is no question that that is not one of the greatest songs of all time. It's a very lovely song, yeah, and Aaron right. Baron Cohen's music is really beautiful right. for it. But I would definitely not consider that to be amongst my eight greatest mm. uh, songs ever that I mm. like, except. It incredibly reminds me of my mum, mm, uh, right. who died very soon after that mm. production came out. And I remember kind of the last time she was ever really happy because my mum loved show business and Jewishness and sort of being mm. in the spotlight and lots of famous people were there. Yes. She just so loved that um, that I then played it. I didn't play Aaron, Aaron played it, or the, Aaron's version of it was played at her funeral. So I put that in. But that's, that seems to me... So I put, it in, I put it in for that reason. And they, to be honest with you, they fucking loved it because that's when I started crying. Yeah, but also, <laughs> you're going to do it now. Now, because no. I'm, I'll be less good at hammering yeah, 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 yeah. if I'm honest. That's music, uh, exactly. <laughs> but I'm um, just keep it playing till the end. Um, I think that's the best use of it de- because it seems to me Desert Undis is best when they're basically saying genuinely what discs, what music would you take if you could only listen to it for the rest of your yes. life on your own? And that is a, there's an obviously that is a true that's true that you would take that. Yeah, I would take I would take that because it, it inspires yeah. in me. You well, know when you yeah. you hear great music yeah. you maybe don't have a connection with you yeah. know your, your, your goose pimples might yeah. come up and it's really moving or whatever. Yeah. So that's what you want. And obviously there's some music that isn't as great as that, yes. but because of its personal element of can create that in you. I mean the, the absolute example of that is the one I've chosen at the end, which is Dolly singing okay, your song. Your daughter, yeah, singing wow. your song by Elton John. Amazing. I have a recording of her doing that at a yeah. sort of talent show when she was ten. Uh, in, in which she's, I think it's an incredibly yes. beautiful performance anyway, but no, <laughs> it that, inspired that. such a ridiculous response in me when she yeah, did yeah. it, and still does, yeah. that I, I felt I had no, to No, but you, I can... There, there was there was a fa- there was a famous desert on it who chose there was a woman and I can't remember who it was it feels like it wasn't Aretha Franklin it was so, someone who chose tracks only written by themselves <laughs> right. who was that someone did that I was worried about um, it being that that's that my seemed, worry is that people were saying like, oh my god he's just but I remember reading about that and I actually can't remember who it was thinking on it the face be Aretha Franklin would it would do that? no I, I mean, don't think it was Aretha it was it, I mean it, to be honest. Fair enough, at some level, if it was well, Aretha Franklin. Also, I remember thinking, it, well, it wasn't her, so that's unfair to even associate her with it, but I remember thinking, although that sounds, yeah, I know that doesn't sound great, but what's she saying about them? Because it could right. just be what you've just said, which is, here's an incredibly personal, quite illuminating... I mean, but given that you've asked me on because I've got a vaguely interesting story to tell, mm. otherwise you wouldn't ask me, yeah. these are what illuminates it. Yeah, so that's and, absolutely right, the yeah. storytelling is what they want yeah. on that show. It's not really just about the music. Yeah. So that's what it was about. It's anyway, also that thing with... It, too long. Well, no, I was going to say, the thing about Desert Undis is still, if someone plays something like From the Stones, yeah. say, you suddenly think, oh, that's brilliant, this is one of those modern ones. Because <laughs> you grow up with Desert Undis and it's all Being classical. Just classical. And, and actually that's probably been going on for about 20 years now. Well, I don't know, people... I don't know. I think still, in general... People choose classical because they would think, like, oh, I'm on Desert Island, so I better choose some classical. I think yes. all politicians do. Yes. Uh, I mean, more people aren't so worried about it now, but honestly, it used to be so much that sort of thing. Um, I did, I met, met Kirsty, I met her a couple of times, and, and I did ask her, and she was obviously very good at, she gave an answer which was perfect, and, and you know, but I did say, 
does your heart sink when it's like, and next week it's the head of the Royal Horticulture, yeah. you know, or a well, renowned surgeon? Sink. You know, when I wasn't being asked on it and it was fucking, <laughs> I was always like, people don't want to hear this. <laughs> Obviously some people do, but I think, like, who wants to hear from the horticulturalist, for Christ's sake? One thing I would say as well is Danny Baker, when he was on it, very bravely at some level, chose just kind of skiffle. Do you know that? Did he? Yeah, he deliberately well, chose. It's a very interesting thing for Danny to that do. Is yeah. It's interesting. Actually, we should have Danny on this, although yeah, yeah. He, he's a man who talks. Well, we can we can relax. Yeah, basically, we needn't be here. Yeah. But he he, um, he chose. He was very. He wanted to say something about that time in Britain just before the right. Beatles, really, which for him represented a very yes. the time when he was first he becoming to say it over alive and over again. Yeah, alive to music. <laughs> uh, now, I, yeah, I think that's very impressive. Mm. I probably will never listen to that desert no. like this because I can't fucking stand no. Skiffle. No, Noddy Donegan, fuck off. I think I could manage to hear one. I think it is a very interesting time. And this Beatles yeah. book I've mentioned that I've now finished right. called Tune, Tune In, Tuning In, this Mark Lewison book about the Beatles, which is, which is all set before they're really famous, it does bring that period alive, mm. the incredible possibilities and the yeah. sort of records coming yeah, from abroad. It, but I would, know, don't, I don't think I'd want to hear... a washboard with a piece of string attached. That's where you and I differ, you see. Um, <laughs> but, but I... Genesis would never have had that. I suspect they would. an instrument. But... Sorry, what it's when you No, I was going to say, when you hear those lists, because it's quite interesting, if, if I think there's... Paul Weller and Bowie, both in their own ways, have disappointed me on this because I, I remember reading both of them saying, not on Desert, I don't know if they're on Desert, on Desert. Bowie's never been on Actually, Desert Weller was, I think. Weller might have been, but, but Bowie when they was say, never on no, but when they it's say. The interesting top- thing, sorry, can I just say about that, is that undeniably, and I've made this quite clear in my over honest way, you know, I wanted to be on Desert Island and yes. felt that not being on it for quite a long time was a bit of an insult. Yes. Uh, because it's like a really, like, you know, at some level, uh, it is an honour to be on it. Interesting enough, though, when you talk about really big stars, they won't have been on it. You know, you couldn't imagine David Bowie being no, on it. No, Bowie wouldn't be on it. But when I've seen his records that he loves, it's always disappointing. You know, or Weller does the same. Well, it's just quite obscure and quite. And I'm wanting him to say, here's my favourite Stones track. But right. It'll be Arcade Fire at best, who I've never really, you know, yeah. I have an excited. Or it'll be some sort of jazz trio from yes. New York, you know, well, sort he, of thing. Well, well, in terms of what we do, which is we're not going to choose the obvious Bowie trucks yes. to talk about as yes. that we love. He was a bit like that with all music. Yes, it's yeah, exactly. Like it was no, no, he, exactly like choosing right. something yeah. obscure and difficult. And yeah. in fact, some of the stuff he covered, yeah. particularly on the later albums, I thought, why are you covering yes. that? Yes. That weird song. Yes. You know, that, actually, well, actually, it's quite a good song, that Pablo Picasso song that's on reality, is what I'm thinking of. It's a Jonathan Richmond song, I think. Yes, okay. I know, I, yeah. Do you know the one I mean? I do know the one, yeah. yeah it's, it's, what I like about that song, sorry, I wasn't going to talk about this, but that song, as far as coming out, Pablo Picasso, um, is basically about how when you're famous, you right. know, women will like you, get away with anything. Yes. Uh, it's about how yes. no one ever called Pablo Picasso an asshole and yes. told him to sort of fuck off, and they're not interested yeah, yeah. in him. But I sort of think, like, why is Bowie singing yeah. about this? <laughs> you know, it must be a long time ago that Bowie ever felt that. I can imagine Jonathan you, Richmond feeling it, yes. even when he was Jonathan Richmond. But Bowie, Bowie would never just, felt like. I just what want song, it be like not one song. To I be? want to just get this stuff off my chest. <laughs> yeah. Let me just do this. Indulge me. Yeah. But I find myself completely unmoved by your desert under in the yeah. sense that I haven't heard it you yet. You haven't heard it yet. Um, but no. we're putting this out where I have no, heard but it. But I should have said when I when I uh, played Mad Mad Moon when they played Mad Mad Moon, I should have said that is for Tim Inks. Oh, that would be amazing. I didn't. Yeah. Because oh, um, yeah, at some level it wasn't. Could <laughs> you go back in? Is there any way you could pick that up with them and just put it back in? I could ask for a second one. Sometimes they do two. I don't want to make it awkward. That's really annoying for me. Was sometimes like someone would come on for a second fucking time. Oh yeah, they do do that with people they've they've interviewed very early on, and sometimes they interview them again. Ultimately, completely deflating the premise of the 
Well, presumably they shipped them off the island, got them back again. Get back. And said, like, okay, you've got to go back. And they're thinking, now. oh, thank like, God, like, I've I'm been free. I've saved and now I've got to go back. No, no, no. It's just At a least I've got eight more records. It's just a technical recall. <laughs> yeah. You will be back on the desert island. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Um, look, so in the last show, we started talking about Keith Moon. And I pointed out that Keith Moon's song that Bowie was supposed to have sung, backing vocals on, although we don't think he did, uh, sounded a bit like a terrible Manhattan Transfer 70 song. And you said it could also be in the opening credits to a sitcom, which indeed it could. And then you provided a... I think you've got another example of that. Yeah, so this this is a probably less sitcom. Now I think about it, it's more like a 70s. It's more like something like Taxi or something sort yeah. of slightly policey. Sort of an American cop yeah. show. And I was thinking, I was thinking, was it... Is it just that seventies? Is it just that the song, the titles of music from the seventies and eighties, just were very contemporary, and so they sounded like music, or was it the other way around? Yeah. Or do we just remember the cool ones? But I think this. So this is a Lad Insane live yeah. track, a Lad Insane live from the Who Can I Be Now compilation, which is sort of basically nineteen seventy four to nineteen seventy six, and um, a Lad Insane, as you know, you know, very sort of ethereal kind of interesting track but this it's got lots of sort of clown noises as well slightly odd little comedy effects that's like a cop show isn't it yeah very much featuring uh, David uh, Baddiel yeah and uh, white shot yeah. of Boston Bay yeah, totally <laughs> Tim Hinks and David Baddiel in yeah, Boston yeah. Blue isn't yeah. it I'm going to play you what it, it, I always thought of as the archetypal one of that. Now, I don't know, because actually it was a sitcom, and I don't know if it'll be exactly like that, but do you remember Barney oh, yeah. Miller? Uh, Barney Miller was an, an American sitcom set in a police department, the New York, New York City Police oh, okay. Department. It had exactly those opening titles, but I'm, I'm only guessing that the theme song was like that. So let's hear it, let's see if it was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's very similar. Yeah. Yeah, it's similar. I tell you what Barney was the king of, by the way. I don't it was Barney a sitcom. Though, yeah. It was a sitcom, even though it was a police show. Hmm. Uh, is that if some crazy guy in the police office was doing some crazy thing, like he'd come in and there was like the big fat guy and he's got a dustbin on his head. Right, Barney was the yes. king of walking out and then turning round ah. slowly and looking back at him. Yeah, yeah. That, that must happen seventeen times an episode in Barney. Yeah, really. It was really so, great. So it's yeah. like Columbo, but a bit, bit more comedy. A bit than more that. comedy, a bit yeah. more deadpan, long yeah, look yeah, yeah. back. Like what the yeah. heck? Wow. What, what are they doing now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely I don't recall great. That, well, on that note, yeah. could you play me again oh. something that you played me and Robert Popper a couple of weeks ago? Because uh, I've got a point to make about that in the TV show that I think is like it, uh, which is you played me the saxophone on uh, Moonish Daydream on the live version. Yeah. Now, I, I have a big issue with yeah, this. Yeah, I know, I know you do. Uh, and I'm going to still reiterate that issue, which is it is on Moonish Daydream, this music. Mm. Uh, I agree with you, it's more sort of dainty mm. and sort of slightly mm. weirdly kind of like fairy stepping mm. in this version. But it's not a word I know, but that's how I imagine it. Uh, but. It still is there, but let's hear it again. I, I think you're going to change your mind when you hear it because it's so dainty. <laughs> it really makes you want to dance in a stupid way, doesn't it? It's <laughs> what Bowie was doing. Oh. 
what's Bowie doing? Hey, you like that lady? It sounds like he Bowie's says. trying to slightly uh, rock it up a bit at that point. He's probably thinking to himself, wait a minute. But he sounds like a... This isn't sounding as beefy as it did when Mick was doing it. I'll have to say something about a lady. <laughs> but also, if someone said the one thing Bowie kept hidden most of all and no one ever saw it was that he was basically quite sleazy and sort of bad at check, and you think there's one moment you can hear it, and it's on this <laughs> Moon Age station, he says, hey, you like it, lady? Saying, he's saying, hey, you like that lady? I imagine he's pointing at someone. In you the like movie, my so. dainty sax? Huh? <laughs> Can you just play that w- one more time? Do you want to hear again? Yeah, let's hear again. Yeah. Okay, so if the Aladdin saying you played me just before sounds a bit like a cop show, and you know you've got the uh, opening shot of Boston Bay uh, and maybe some people with guns running through streets while cardboard boxes fall over on them, yeah, yeah, I think this sounds more like this kind of show that does. Think though that the good life opening credits are quite like that bit of Moonish. Yeah, they are. They are like sort of sort of seventy four, seventy five Bowie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no. Yeah. But that's what I mean about whether were they were the TV titles. Do they now reflect? I mean, I suppose they do. T- titles of TV shows reflect the current music trends, mm. and so that's all it was. They were sort of reflect. They were all in the same. You know, they were all the same influence. Well, it's a bit like that Keith Moon track, isn't it? It's a kind of, yeah. kind of jauntiness. There's a it. jauntiness. Yeah, and uh, I don't know what that is really. I'm just a very seventies thing, of like you know. Jauntiness. I don't really know how else to put it. <laughs> it's like everyone's saying the word jaunty. Yeah, everyone's think, a bit jaunty. We'll make our point that 70s. way. Although Bowie, you know, I don't think of as jaunty except possibly during the laughing gnome period and then is a slightly forced jauntiness. There was a forced jauntiness. And well, yeah. as we discovered just before the Thin White Duke, just, you know, but after Young Americans, he was quite jaunty. Um, but I know that you got concerned, and Robert Popper, our guest, was concerned that. Um, that that sax break on on mm. on minute, although quite jaunty and and was ultimately just a representation of the original. Yes. I think what I was think all I was going to say was, should we play that? I mean, yeah, it's a complicated yeah. thing to do because I don't want to take away from a very great comedy moment that you've created. No, but I've, I can out, salvage it. Well, because you talked about you're waiting for Mick Ronson's guitar solo, yeah, right. And I remember very clearly Mick Ronson's guitar solo yeah. on that, and I, so I was yeah. so I had that in my head. And then when I first yeah. heard. Da, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. I thought that is funny. That is yeah. bathos. But then I remember, no, actually, it, that's yeah. not the bit of music this corresponds to. Yeah. The bit this corresponds to is yeah. this. Dainty or not? Yeah. A bit dainty. A definitely dainty esque, but it's not as dainty. It's not saxophone, isn't it? No, what it's is like it? flute. Is, is it, it flute? It's like, is it not saxophone? Or it's probably a synthesizer, but it's sort of. Su- it's not a saxophone. No, it's not sax. That's sax. What Under is it? That's sax. Yeah, but it's like low. What's that yeah, low, low tenor sax. or whatever it's called? Right, this is the bit I thought you meant. Right. When you were talking about yeah. Mick's great guitar. Yeah. And it is great. Let's just hear it. So no, it's astonishing. Astonishingly brilliant but, bit of rock guitar yeah. from Mick Ronson. And that does sound silly, Nick, but were you being unfair? No, I, well, so I think what if you listen to the tapes, yeah. and I'm, if, you're, if you want to turn legal, I will. <laughs> we have the tapes, and I will make sure that my side have this in their possession. Because I actually said, I think somewhere I said, Zig, I was talking about Ziggy live. Right. So, so what I think about when I think about, when I'm hearing it live, is I think about the original version, or say the version they used to do, 
which is on Ziggy Stardust, the movie, you know, the live. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. And then... Oh, my God, there's another version coming. Yeah, and then it's... It's, it's, it's Mick. There's no sax or anything. That's what so I, was, I see what's happened. Yes, here. that's what I was it's thinking. On of. that version, which I haven't heard before, and which sounds amazing. Yeah, it's on the main. You would have. It's on the Ziggy. Well, it's on. The, I've seen it. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, but the version but I know is from yeah. the album. Yeah. So I don't know that version that yeah. well. Actually, the energy of it sounds fantastic. It's amazing. That uh, but to be honest with you, because clearly they're live and they don't have a yes. brass and a woodwind yes. and whatever we thought it was flute section. Mm, mm. They just. It's just the bass. Just Trevor yeah. Boulder playing the bass and Mick's just already solo. He's already. Yeah. So there is no. Yeah, so that's where that confusion has arisen. I'm prepared someone... to let you off. So I was reading, and I can't remember where I saw this, but there was a Bowie interview, and he's in the 80s, and getting annoyed about people talking about the 70s, as he did. And um, he says, and I don't know if he's throwing it away or not, but I think there's something in this. And what he says is, if you listen to my album, he's talking about his albums, not mine. Yeah. If you listen to my album, again, not me. Not him, you, no. Um, if I you think listen, it's just Symmetry in the Cemetery. If you listen... Um, he's on coal, mine. coal Mine. Coal okay, Mine, well, we did. There was a place name. I can tell you the... There was a place you went for in your songs. Um, cemeteries, yeah, Coal Mines, schools. Maybe. As we said countless times, you've got to look beyond the place. Yeah. It's just a metaphor. Okay. Um, coal Mine started... By the way, I can remember the opening okay, couplet what, what to Coal Mine, which Piers and I Was it, was it in the Miners' Strike that you wrote this? Um, yeah, interestingly, it was... It would have been about 1983, 84. Really? Okay. You in the heart of Billy Bragg. But it was literally it? about a coal mine. It oh, made right. no political reference whatsoever. <laughs> okay, you missed Even though I should say I was a member of Youth CND and the yeah. Student Labour Party. Um, so our couplet, the opening couplet to Coal Mine was dark and bleak, withholding all mm. coal mine. Yeah, you know what would have been better? Mm. Withholding ore. <laughs> well, much what, better. Because we also used to joke about our own lyric, which is it's not withholding all. No, it's just coal. It's nearly, it's, if you want to talk about where all is, it's almost outside of that coal mine, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, everything else, all yeah. is outside the coal <laughs> mine. Yeah. Yeah, no, so what was that, the point of coal mine? I mean, what was um, it saying? It was literally just a song about, coal, about mining. It was... But, which, by the way, yeah, you know, I, you're a middle-class person, I think Piers sounds like a middle-class person, yeah. you'd have had absolutely no experience of. Um, not hands-on experience no. of coal mining, <laughs> no. it's true. Not yeah. in Sussex. No. Um, but Tin I, mining, God. I mean, but I, I, uh, I don't know what it was. I think we were in. I think we took our reference point for orchestral maneuvers in the dark oh. of organisation because they didn't know about it again. They weren't actually dropping they the bomb. But also, they had a but... song in it. There was a song in it. I can't remember what it is now, which was slightly atmospheric. We were just, you know, it wasn't about the lyrics. It was about the mood. Yeah, um, I see. Anyway, he wasn't talking about that. Yeah. Bowie. He, what he was talking about was his own canon, yeah. and he basically said he had a canon. He, uh, basically, a European canon. He basically said. If you look at my, if you listen to my albums, or you know, or even if you don't listen to them, actually, yeah. it's true. Which is on every <laughs> album, there's a track which heralds and gives you a flavour of the, the next album. Right. right, the next album. So it pretends, portends. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. It doesn't pretend. It portends. It portends the next album. And okay. I, and I remember thinking. Well, so I remember thinking because Barry is a great prophet. Right. Uh, Although that's retrospective. No, oh, a, no, no, he actually yeah. is. Yeah, he actually is someone who, yes. with the internet and musically, obviously, you know, like yes. when, when he did Young Americans. Yeah, this is. What's I think that, that's this an amazing, yeah. you know, bit of prophecy about yeah. music. About lots of people, yeah. white people, are going to start yeah. doing sort of funky music yeah. or whatever. The one track I thought that's definitely true, and I've often thought it is that on Diamond Dogs actually. Yeah. So I think there's a track on Diamond Dogs, which is the one that heralds Young Americans. Yeah. So do you think? What do you think that might be? Uh, I mean, it, it seems to me really clear. I mean, I've, 
I think it's really clear, but... Is that child of the ever soaking skeletal family? No, that's like that a rock. That would be stupid. That's like a... That's like a okay. Uh, there's a kind of solely song on Diamond Dogs, right? Is there? What song is a solely... I mean, he did a well, soul a, version of Rebel I've... Rebel, but it's okay, very rocky maybe... on, the, on the album. Uh, is okay. it in the second half? Yeah, shall I play it? Yeah, play it. I should know it, but... You, you do I know mean, This is my favourite album, but... You totally know it. This okay. is, I think this is what I think portends... Yes, you're right. You, and I've often thought, well, that's quite a young American. It's not exactly, because it's still yeah. quite rocky. And also, what's, what's odd about it is that he's recording this in 1975, uh, and it portends, actually, 1984. <laughs> so, as a piece of prophecy... Extraordinary. It, it's really that, that it's that it's Double-edged prophecy. He can Do- pro- yeah. He's prophesying something that, that to be fair to him... 74. To be fair is. to him, although it was a time of great you know, concern about the world... Mm. That it might end, but mm. as a prophecy, it's not that great a prophecy that 1984 will come in 1975. That's probably most people. No, think. and also George Orwell, to be fair, had already had already said it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, f- yeah. and so that was a great prophecy. But musically, you're right. I think you're it, right. That it does feels that. like a soul. No, it's got that plastic soul, it? plastic soul thing. thing. Yeah. And um, no, you're right. I, don't, so I think you know. I, I, is I, it true of any others? Well, I don't know. And I think what we can do, since we don't have much time in this podcast, is we can decide mm. in the next podcast, mm. listeners, this mm. will be something for you to look forward to, mm. is we can go through a couple of albums. And, mm. you know, we never did that thing. Some of you may be interested in something we, we said we were going to do every week and, not, and haven't done, which was to expel a track from mm. every album uh, in a kind of Big Brother way mm. and, and put Where Are We Now on instead. We haven't done that. We only did it with Man Who the World. So whether we do this or not, who knows? But we may also go through some albums and see if we can spot the Herald, could- the Herald track. So let's go out on, I think, the track that says most about uh, what we've been talking about, about David Bowie and about um, how art uh, can sometimes reach the very, very edges of what art and music can do. We all know Bowie did that and so did this. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.